0: This is a Headgum Podcast.
1: Today we've got the whole gang in studio to tell you about our sponsor, Blue Apron. You know, the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country? Yeah, that Blue Apron. Take it from us. Four different guys that sound absolutely nothing alike and have different tastes and cooking abilities. Blue Apron makes home cooking accessible to everyone. That's right, Andrew. Now, my name is Eric, as you know and can tell by my different voice. I'm a gentleman that before Blue Apron subsisted only on a diet of borscht alone, but I've been changed. For less than $10 per person per meal, you'll get amazing, responsibly sourced ingredients that turns a boring weeknight into an exciting culinary adventure, even for simple blonde people. I like food! Quiet, Chris! We all know that you like food and love Blue Apron. All of the ingredients come packed separately, ready to use, and each meal has a special recipe card that breaks down in simple, clear language how the hell you're supposed to sear a steak. Andrew, do you have a list of all the cool recipes our listeners can expect from Blue Apron? Why, yes, Steve. You can get basil pesto chicken with summer vegetable panzanella, sautéed shrimp and green beans with globe tomatoes, spinach, and orzo pasta. Miso butter salmon and lo mein noodles with cucumber and charmed tomatoes? Meatball pizza with fresh mozzarella cheese and charmed tomatoes? Meatball pizza, meatball pizza! Meatball pizza! Meatball pizza! Chris, please. Please, Chris. Please. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash movies. You will also love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So don't wait! Food gets converted into energy and keeps humans alive. Chris, please—that's blueapron.com/slash-we-hate-movies. Blue Apron: A better way to cook.
0: You know, we don't go to the beach here in New York because you can't do that without getting poisoned or driving out to
1: Long Island. Or, you
2: know, you get stuck with a syringe. Yeah. That's like a, that's a New York jellyfish. That's
1: when you're going to fucking Orchard Beach, man, look out for that. Or you get, you know, lobbed up by Thomas Hayden Church, right? That's that's that's, also the, that's true. the other thing you gotta look out yeah. for. So
0: that's why uh, we just put a bunch of sand in the studio. We're hanging out, we got our umbrella drinks. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> I, I you know, I refer to it as just, you know, our own personal litter box.
0: <laughs> oh, you're the one peeing in the sand Wait, you guys
2: haven't been going? Oh, Chris Cabin. I'm not.
0: I'm not talking to you because you you deflated my beach ball. <laughs> and we're you, you. I told you already. I'm not talking to you about this.
2: Yeah, I belly flopped on that thing.
0: <laughs> I, yeah, that's not a euphemism, folks. He really did deflate an actual. Beach <laughs> oh, I thought ball. he jerked him off until he came. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. That's no, no, that's what no, I thought no. people were thinking. Oh, okay. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> so we're here to introduce uh an episode of a little-known movie called Free Jack. Now, this movie stars one Emilio Estavez. Uh, from Mighty Ducks fame. Mm-hmm. And brat pack fame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, did,
1: you, did you hear about this? Did you hear about this? Hear I mean, this? by yeah. the time this is coming out, it's like weeks old. But Goldberg just got arrested for petty theft. Goldberg got arrested for petty theft. Get out of town. Yeah. The wrestler, no, the the goalie, no, the Goldberg. Goldberg. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I thought you were talking about the wrestler. No, no, no. I thought he
0: pulled an OJ and just was like taking old dolls of
1: him <laughs> <laughs> off the <laughs> yeah. show. So, yeah. I want my memorabilia. <laughs> <laughs> Give me that belt back. Maybe <laughs> that's what. Maybe that's what. I didn't look at. Up, up I just saw the Twitter headline, but I oh. Um, Oh, Maybe he
0: stole dead. a bunch of DVDs and VHSs mm-hmm. of Mighty Ducks. These are mine! And whatever cameos on Nickelodeon shows he had or whatever the fuck. That guy, he was one of those things,
2: he's not fat anymore. That yeah, oh, I remember okay. that being a headline one oh, time. was like, fuck, Goldberg ain't fat. What the fuck? You know, fuck him then. Yeah. Rot in jail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think
0: Thudbud is still obese,
2: though. So well, that's you know that sometimes you, you can't. Better think. be, you know, you you need something to fall back
0: on. Uh this movie also stars uh, rock and roll sensation uh, Mick Jagger. Yeah, oh yeah, he's the bad guy of this movie. Uh, Jonathan Banks is also a bad guy in this movie of Better Call Saul fame. Mm-hmm. Tony is... Bank, uh, Tony Hopkins. Oh, of course! Tony Fuck, West I totally West forgot Tony about Hopkins. that. Westworld's Tony Hopkins. Yeah, totally. Uh, Transformer the last night. Uh, Tony Hopkins. Uh, so yeah, this is a movie where Emilio estavez is a race car driver who, is, is like a half a second before his demise in an auto wreck, he is what they call freejacked into the future uh, for some reason that I don't remember. They uh, they like
2: rich people, I think, go into their bodies. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's
0: stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They take
2: they take people who are dying from the past and just like recycle them it's pretty it's a good program i think <laughs> <laughs> you'd fund it i would <laughs> a, a president cisco would put funding I, into that definitely i'd put all the funding into that you know aids and cancer take a back seat <laughs> <laughs> to the free jack program
0: uh so yeah we are going
2: to continue
0: our summer vacation and if this is uh new to you because like we said this is not a main feed episode uh, enjoy us talking about free jack You know, for something like this, you have to set your thing a little bit farther into the future. There's no way that this movie's possible in 2009 from a 1992 no, standpoint. There's
2: at least 100 years in the future.
0: <laughs> uh, by the way, the whole thing involves time travel and body snatching. Uh, bone it, jacking. Bone jacking. Excuse me. It's not body snatching per se. It's no, it is exactly body <laughs>
2: snatching. Let's just call it something cooler. Did
0: I say that the film is Free Jack, by the way? Maybe. If not, it is. It's Stephen Free Jack. <laughs> I don't
1: know. Uh, <laughs> little theme episode here for no
0: one. Uh, <laughs> it stars Emilio Estavez, uh, other Hollywood luminaries such as Rene Rousseau, Sir Anthony Hopkins, and Sir
1: Mick Jagger. I don't know if he, he might he might actually he's be gotta a, be probably right. <laughs> what do you mean he's gotta be? Why not at this I, point? I think the Stones were a little too grungy for the Queen. I don't know how that goes. Really? They party a little too hard. Stayed out a little bit too late. I heard that chick gets down though. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> what? <laughs>
0: the Queen mom? She, she gets, gets she down. gets nasty. You think <laughs> she <laughs> might? So we start in 1992 on some sort of racing circuit that's not Formula One, but is pretending to be that. That's in New York. What is the racing scene in New York that I'm unaware of? Now, correct me if I'm wrong, and no one in this room can because none of us watch it, but there might be a NASCAR track somewhere on Long Island. Am I wrong? That's,
2: I think that's what the movie's trying to say. I don't know if that's I right. thought there legitimately
0: was one. I know there's one in like New
2: Hampshire. I'm sure there's one out by like in like western new york that that uh oh the Baptist Free Jack Stop- expressway we- that's what you're talking about
0: <laughs> the right? Free Jack Expressway,
2: yeah, it connects
0: onto the Matlock expressway. <laughs> <laughs> So Emilio Estavez is, is this race car driver who kind of drives these Formula One looking funny car things because it's smaller than a Formula One car, too. It's kind of like <laughs> he's one step above like a like a funny car racer.
2: <laughs> it's a race car. I mean, we, we can just say that. I mean, I don't, I don't think, you know, we're, we don't know. What I couldn't these tell you. Yeah, I couldn't tell
0: you a goddamn thing about an actual race car. Well, it
1: is. It's a funny car because he's such a tiny man that they probably had to make it a little smaller
2: <laughs> you for him. think it's a hot wheel? <laughs>
0: I think you know honestly because the majority of my Emilio Estevez experience is either the Mighty Ducks movies where he's starring alongside a bunch of little kids or Men at Work where he's just next to his similarly heighted brother. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize how terribly short he is.
1: He's on all sorts of uh, apple carts in this movie because he's supposed to be like the dramatic lead, you know, and like intense and interesting and sexually attractive. <laughs> I mean, he's not a bad looking oh, dude. Are we you get a little
0: bedroom scene here at the beginning of this movie. Are you saying you're sexually
2: attractive to him? To him?
0: I'm saying he's a sexually attractive guy. Of course. Right. A 1990s Emilio estevez that's the height of his powers. Because <laughs> he's still got the golden boy good looks from The Breakfast Club, and that voice is definitely the same octave,
1: and probably still is today. And he d- he gets that Martin Sheen punch as he gets older. Like, that's something—that's th- a bug that never got his brother. <laughs> his brother had other kinds of bugs to get, but Bunk. not that one. Yeah. All sorts of bugs Enough to get.
2: Enough coke and crack, and you don't have that. That's, that elimination. <laughs>
0: yeah there is zero possibility for a paunch on Charlie Sheen uh so yeah so he's preparing for this race car uh
1: race that he's gonna and it's it's kind of like your, your <laughs> sta- race car race this is kind of it's your standard you know Something this race isn't gonna go well, thing because like mm-hmm. you know Renee Russo's trying all, on all sorts of dresses and she's like, when are we gonna get married? It's like, as soon as I win this race, baby, it's gonna be all different. It's like just this uh, one
2: last race, mm-hmm. one more day till retirement. And there's a great, great point here where Emilio Estevez ask, asks her to. uh nibble his ear for luck like it's like this little cute thing that they have together like oh you're gonna go off and do something big where i'm gonna i'm gonna nibble your ear for a little bit
0: <laughs> you know and here's the thing about that Rene russo's character in this movie like okay i'm not one for like you know i walk by someone on the street or in the subway station and whatnot and they're like totally you know two people just going to town on each other and i'm like you know all right but in this situation, they're outside this big race course. He could go up in flames in a matter of minutes, and all he wants is a little good luck
1: nibble, and she is so disgusted by it. Oh, man. And she's going to feel really bad about herself in about 15 minutes when this when this doesn't shake out. When not so much
0: this movie, but him goes up in flames. <laughs> movie kind of goes up in flames. <laughs> So at the same time that he's prepping at this racetrack and he's walking around meeting all these potential sponsors with his manager, uh, I'm gonna just call him Buster Poindexter. But it's the da- dude from David Johansen. David Johansson, Buster Poindexter for the rest of this episode.
2: He was also in Scrooge with Bill Murray and Car 54. Where are you? Stay tuned. Yeah, he kind of looks like a Benicio del Toro
1: if he was a nightmare. <laughs>
2: Yeah, he's kind of a funhouse mirror of Benicio del Toro. <laughs> he is.
1: And I mean,
0: that's a bad situation. It's a really bad situation. He also looks like, funny enough, if Benicio del Toro fucked Mick Jagger and one of them had a kid, mm. which is very interesting. And very probable. <laughs> because, cross cut with uh, this race prep scene, is our friend Mick Jagger in 2009. Getting ready for some sort of experiment. We don't really know what's going on, but they're triangulating coordinates,
1: blah, blah. And they're just, they're in tanks, they're in like trenches, and like uh, Isai Morales has one eye and he's like doing like all sorts of supercomputer action. I'm like, this has to be 3007, right? Like, that's that's (laughs) where we are right now because it's so far in the future. But it has to be at least farther than what is that, 18
0: years or whatever? Like, Come on. What, what is the fucking problem? Set it <laughs> at least 50 years into the future. There's Because I, we were talking about this before we went on the air. But like this whole freejack thing that we're going to get into, this whole system, is predicated on the uh, already existence of time travel. So we had to solve the time travel problem. And then someone came up with freejacking or bonejacking, right. rather. Right, yes. Uh, uh, shortly after
2: that. A month after that? The system basically is, in the year 2009, the horrible year of 2009, there's (laughs) nothing but the mega, mega rich and like the dirt poor. And the mega rich decide that they need to live forever. And they can't, I don't know why, just take a a poor person's body. (laughs) But they need to take body from time travel where someone gets killed and they zap them from that time, right when they're about to die, to the present day 2009 so that they can bone Jack them.
0: Right. So they put the consciousness of the dying person into this free Jack. Yes. Uh, The free Jack. Who have they recently bone Jack? We have these terms, right? Here's
2: something I need to know. Now, is a free jack, is that, is that a term just for anyone who is being donated to this process or is that just one who escapes? So are they just known as jacks if they are in captivity?
0: <laughs> oh, that's a, that's a fancy looking jack you got there.
1: <laughs> Very nice, Jack. Free and- is, free jack is kind of like the uh, unused computer game you get. You've got like your solitaire, your minesweeper, <laughs> and then there's something called free jack that you never click on. Hilariously
2: Man. enough, I was Googling it today and there is a video game called oh, really? Free Jack. And I think I don't, it's is it not really relate- the premise of. No, I think it's oh. like a, I think it's like a parkour game or something.
0: <laughs> sure, It is. Let me tell you something. My father was at the height of Windows 3.1 <laughs> and Windows 95. Also, I believe it carried over into my father was obsessed with free cell. Yeah, is what you're thinking of. Uh tri Peaks, and uh there was another one. Golf, I think was another card game. All those random non-solitary games that I have no idea how to fucking play.
1: I love those games because there's all you're always playing with fake people like Bill and Tom and like all these like it's like before the internet, so they just had to make you feel less alone. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> I never wanted to hang out with any of those
2: guys though. Are they like in some of them they have like like a little little cartoon person of of yeah. Bill and Tom and it's like that guy's from the old west, and then this one, that guy kind of looks like Bogey. He must be good at cards.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then you there's were like, always playing with people from different time periods. Oh, that though. guy's Mick
2: Jagger, and there's that 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 uh, sassy little trollop over there named like Margaret or something, Scarlet Ooh. or something. Yeah, yeah oh, oh yeah, Scarlet, Scarlet, yeah, oh. Scarlet,
0: the female card shark. <laughs> So yeah,
2: well so the process of freejacking doesn't right. stop there. I mean, it's, it's Jagger and his crew of bonejackers are looking at footage of the day of Emilio's explosion death and they like have to pin, they pinpoint like the I guess, They're using the footage to pinpoint how to get him out of this situation. So yes. that makes me think that you can only be bone jacked if you die on broadcasted footage of some sort (laughs) or film either
0: that or you know like it's like back to the future you never know where and when lightning's gonna strike unless you do Mm -hmm. so maybe if you Mm. flat out know you know it's well documented when someone's gonna die yeah maybe then you can kind of you know triangulate those coordinates somehow. It just so happens in this situation, for some reason, because that's the other question, right? Who is filming
1: this?
2: What is this on ESPN 4? Maybe he was a car racer. They like car racers on TV.
1: Also, I mean, because the whole thing is like, you know, (laughs) hey, cool. (laughs) Hey, cool, it's a car racer. Oh, no, he got bone
0: jacked. I hate when my favorites get bone jacked. Good thing I'll never be bone jacked because I'm physically unfit for bone jacking.
1: Is it a thing where you have to, like, go up in flames and kind of a mysterious thing? Because, like, couldn't, like, Kennedy have gotten bone jacked? Wouldn't that, like, destroy the
2: space-time continuum? Yeah, I've gotten bone jacked.
1: It uh, appears as if I've been bone jacked.
2: He would have to be one oh, of no,
1: I'm the prince of Nigeria. This didn't work out
2: well for me. <laughs> they didn't even... Have- they didn't have the money for the bone jacking. It was all a ruse. <laughs> hey, right now I'm just living in a hut. <laughs> but well, he would have been, had to have been the JFK, was definitely bone jacked. He would have been, half. He, he had to have been like one of the first to have been bone jacked. Yeah. Cause Cause he's the most Reagan, famous would, one.
0: Yeah. Wait a second, though. Was Reagan a failed bone jacking? <laughs> <Probably>. <laughs> like Mick Jagger like at the court and it's like, now he's going to get out of this court this particular time. Oh, what's that? You canceled your order? Oh, well. <laughs> He's
1: just getting shot. Well, someone, someone canceled transactions. I couldn't get jacket. him then.
2: I, I got Megan a little older. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But what came back, you wouldn't want... <laughs> You know what sucks?
1: The whole grave digging industry is destroyed in this era. Just, <laughs> everyone's, just bo- everyone's just bone jacketed, bone jacked. Well, no, because you can still rob, like, you know, uh, the
0: sickly and uh, the, the uh, you know, like Larry C- the cable guy, like yeah. a physically unfit for bone jacking. Yeah, right? that's I mean, true. And you they, know, but
2: they probably don't have anything worth it. I think at that point you're hunting for time capsules and stuff. <laughs> time cops? You're looking for time cops, you think? Time capsules. Oh. <laughs> but there really should be time cops in this to yeah, monitor you... all the bone jackets.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely true. Because as we find out in this movie, like, it's kind of some shitty... I mean, well, that's the thing. I don't know. Anthony Hopkins kind of does go through all the proper channels to bone jack Emilio Estevez, right? He dots
1: his eyes and crosses his T's. Well, he... That's
0: what's kind of ridiculous about this. Like, you know...
1: You know, bill of sale, man. (laughs) Hopkins has to have a receipt of some kind. And I mean, I'll get into it right now. I actually see nothing morally wrong with bone jacking. Right, okay, let's
0: have this conversation before we get into the the rest of the movie. Because honestly, it's kind of just a bunch of car chases (laughs) and Emilio Estevez looking and not sounding tough. (laughs) But so the the, the ethics behind bone jacking, is everyone in this room totally fine with it? Well... You're going to be dead anyway if you... If the stipulation of bone jacking is you have to be, you're going to be fucking blown to
2: smithereens. Mm. There's
0: no point. You're definitely dead on impact. Fuck it. Like, if there's going to be nothing left, fuck it.
2: I think I'd be better with bone jacking if I was the bone jacker than the bone jacky.
0: Oh, right. So if yeah. it's in service to you, getting your <laughs> consciousness if, put in Emilio Estevez. <laughs>
2: Well, I didn't say that one, but or
1: but. <laughs> Larry the Cable Guy, I don't know. Well, you know whoever you pick. Hey, cool. <laughs> I would like think about this. What if every serial killer's victim gets bone jacked? Like the guy's about to put the knife in, and then just like, <laughs> ah, shit, he got bone jacked. That guy, I would be. Thank, I would be happy. To not get raped and murdered and well, fleshed and skinned. Then just get bone jacked. And then they lobotomize you really quick. They put you out. They put
2: you under. Well, when you put it that way, well, no, I guess the, I am for bone jacking.
0: However, the reason why there's a big hole in your thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, who? what serial killer is publicly murdering someone? Yeah. I guess so then, if you're bonejacking all well, of these people who are about to be killed by Jason Voorhees in the middle of the woods or whatever... They're just going to be people that are gone missing. Now, that doesn't solve a problem. That, but
2: that's the real question. Is like if they, yeah, if they go missing, but if they find like like a den, like, let's say you know they dig up Dahmer's basement and they find a bunch of people, they do the autopsy, oh, carbon dating, yeah, <laughs> the corpse carbon dating. Well, like the, the time of death, you know, like if an autopsy comes with the time of death, can that person then be bone jacked? And if so, that opens up almost all of humanity to bone jacking.
0: Yeah, except see now we're getting into all sorts of time travel wormholes here and now it's kind of like looper you need to start communicating with the future mm-hmm. to yes. let them know hey man we're gonna dig up this thing so feel free to clear out this basement maybe you know will will like a plane's gonna crash that's like 50 for one right there. <laughs> yeah
2: but i i was thinking about this when i was watching this movie is it would be great if they had like a looper like scenario like that but they had like maybe like their own like test facility, like a crash test dummy facility where they just keep on ramming people into the wall <laughs> to blow up and then just transport them for the bone jacking. You know, they get a couple of like real lemons of cars and just ram against walls and just a bone jacking factory.
0: I think it's safe to say we're all in one way or another kind of okay with what's happening in this movie.
2: Absolutely. So
0: Emilio gets bone jacked. This car goes flying into a wall hilariously and just bursts into flames. He's shot forward into 2009 into one of Mick Jagger's tanks. And they're going to take him to the facility and trade his consciousness with a mysterious, you know, uh, person who's paid for it, which I t- totally spoiled. Like, 28 minutes ago, uh, it's Anthony Hopkins. Who cares? He's the one who's paying for this whole and it's, thing. And that's
1: a big twist for some reason, obviously. But even though it's obvious that it has to be Anthony Hopkins because, like, you his, see his name in the credits, who else is going to be doing the bone jacking? It's, you know, he's a rich guy, and, like, you only see him in video, and you're like, oh, that's interesting. Like, it's all... Video phones are huge in 2009. Man, they really overshot the importance of video we phones. We didn't even have FaceTime yet, actually. By the we the,
2: didn't, we they, didn't get there. They call them vid phones oh. and for short, you know, a little hipper, Yeah, sure. Yeah, I got
0: well, that. it's almost like iPhone. So they were close kind of.
2: <laughs> well, sometimes not really. I mean, like part of the vid phone thing is like Mick Jagger's wall of his apartment. Well, no, it's a it's, vid phone. It's back
0: to the future too, kind of, it really video is. Phone technology. You got Mick Jagger
2: betting needles, all kinds of shit up there on the big screen.
0: <laughs> Actually, David Johansson kind of looks like flea also. He kind of does. Uh, so he gets, you know, grabbed into 2009, and before he can be lobotomized, which I guess is a process, you know, because they're going to swap out your brain anyway.
1: Yeah, you got to clean, you got to clean, clean the, got to clean slate going.
0: Yeah, exactly. You got to, like, canvas. You got to erase that three inch, three quarter inch floppy disk. <laughs> Uh, their their caravan is like attacked by rebels because it's also kind of dystopian and not post-apocalypse exactly. Right,
2: and it's all set in New York City, so. This band of rebels are attacking them in, I think it's like Spanish Harlem or something. Yeah. It's all. Because it's definitely like upper, upper east side.
1: The geography is very sketchy. Yeah. It's a loose New York
0: City geography. So they're hit by like a rocket or something. And Emilio doesn't get the lobotomy. He wakes up. He's like, he thinks he's in a hospital. You know, what kind of hospital is this kind of a thing? Escapes. And then the movie is fucking Mick Jagger trying to track him well, down. He
2: also kills a bunch of those like scientist surgeon. People. Those are some of the
0: rudest doctors you'll ever hear in a movie. Well,
2: you know they're not they're not like dealing with a patient they want to keep alive. Yeah,
0: I guess they don't really need bedside manner. <laughs> they're a bit indignant about
2: it for <laughs> sure. Yeah, they're like honestly, it's like Emilio Estevez woke up and was like. <laughs> Am I? It's like you woke up at a vet's office, like you're just being treated <laughs> like a goddamn animal.
0: Well, that's what, you know, it kind of makes you terrified. Like if you ever have to have an operation or something like what these people are saying about you once you're under. Because they think he can't hear so and they're like, oh, who's this? Oh, look at this ugly guy. Yeah, he'll make a good replacement for this rich customer. I mean, well, now are you coming out against bonejacking now? <laughs> no, I'm coming out against rude
1: bonejacking doctors. <laughs> no, just be nice about it. I mean, it's Exa- just... <laughs> here, it's a, it's a 10-hour day. Imagine you're working on a spreadsheet, and all of a sudden it starts running away. You'll get pissed off. <laughs> You know what? If I was sitting there and somehow a spreadsheet ran off
0: my computer, I'd let it go because that little guy earned it. Go. He somehow found the means to come off a computer screen and run away from me. Yeah, that. that's
2: when I go home early for the day.
0: So Mick Jagger has to report this problem to his direct superior. And there's a big uh, overall, like, you know, like an over... It owns everything, kind of a global company in this movie, like, as you do in, the, in a in
1: a in a post-apocalyptic 2009. Yeah, like
0: McCandless Enterprises or whatever it is. It's it's some take on Anthony Hopkins' last name. Yeah, his
2: last name is McCandless. Right. And so it's so like, it's you know, like McCand- a very core, literal. Yeah. You know, who
0: cares? Uh, so <laughs> Mick Jagger's got to go report to the dude who hired him, which is Breaking Bad's Mike the Cleaner, Jonathan Banks. It's always amazing to see him not play Mike the cleaner. Like he, he's done a guest spot on, um, uh, Modern Family playing Ed O'Neill's brother, which is kind of interesting.
2: Oh, and he was also in Parks and Rec as, uh, what's, oh yeah, he's
0: Adam Scott's father too. And I'm just waiting for him to beat the shit out of somebody. But in this movie, he's just like,
1: now Mick, you told me you were going to get this free Jack. He's, I mean, it's a very Robocop scenario. Like he's just, Anything to get ahead in the corporation, Walter, you yeah. know, like whatever it is, it's just he will do everything. It's it's so RoboCop. It's a it's a bit it's a bit much.
0: Yeah. Dystopian future. Big corporation runs everything. And this guy's like looking to get to the top. Yeah, I can see that. Or he's, he's kind of just like. Look at my evil bad guy ponytail. That's the size of a Mike and Ike. <laughs> He's got a miniature ponytail in this movie. It's not even
1: a ponytail. You just put a little a little rubber band at the back of your kind of long hair.
0: I mean, I guess, you know, I mean, we all know what Mike the Cleaner looks like now. Like, Jonathan Banks is a bald man. So maybe, you know, it's just one of those you're hanging on to whatever scraps you got left. Make a cool ponytail out of it if you're playing a villain. It's
1: working for George Carlin, I guess. <laughs>
0: Jonathan Banks is going to come to my house and beat the shit
1: out of me now. I right? would love to watch that.
0: Make fun of my ponytail, Walter. <laughs> Why are you calling me Walter? It's
1: the only way I can relate to people, Walter. And he just kills you.
0: <laughs> There's a great moment in this scene where Mike the Cleaner's got a, a collection of Fabergé eggs on his desk. <laughs> that is like such you, a, it's such a shitty like movie rich person thing of like, well, he's got a bunch of money. What's he
1: going to spend it on? Oh, I know. Fabergé eggs. And like uh, what's his name? Mick Jagger picks one up and like he's a genius he's like, oh an interesting egg. What's this? Fabergé Like of course it is. Yeah, <laughs> you can tell expert. the Fabergé egg because it's the fucking Fabergé egg. A-
2: actually, Walter, it's hard <laughs> boiled. <laughs> it's my lunch.
1: <laughs> my granddaughter was really overzealous at Easter. <laughs> Decorating eggs is an art form, Walter. <laughs> Isn't it ironic that I have this very sweet relationship with my little daughter but I'm also really <laughs> a hardcore criminal?
0: <laughs> I
2: love that show. I I do too. It's just great making that voice. Mick Jagger has like his Bone Jackers and they're <laughs> yeah. just like this this crew of like gray stormtroopers that have laser guns that never really hit anything.
1: Yeah, again, by the way, laser guns in 2009. It
2: happened, man. <laughs> well, that's
1: kind of the weird thing about this movie. And like, uh, I think John Shea, uh, Lois and Clark's Lex Luthor, explains that he's like, this is how the future is, everybody. You got the people at the top, you got the people at the bottom, but there's nobody in the middle. And that's what the production design is in this entire movie. It's like <laughs> it's either shithole nothing or it's like bubble cars and laser boats yeah why can't i just get a nice shot of like a raised
0: ranch house somewhere you know what i mean a nice quaint three bedroom two and a half bath no it's either squalor or palatial estates uh what's his face romero did that in that land of the dead it's the exact same thing replacing mike the cleaner with uh uh dennis hopper though that's Mm. a trade up no offense to jonathan banks but that's a trade up
2: Replacing free jacks with zombies that's a trade up
0: (laughs) (laughs) man how fucking unfortunate would it be if
1: like you accidentally free jacked a zombie here's a good question (laughs) trade up or trade down from emilio estevez to john leguizama which way are you going there
2: wait wait Cause John oh. Leguizamo's
1: in Land of the Dead. Oh right, right. Uh, uh, uh,
2: for acting, or who I, who would I rather, Free Jack? <laughs> I mean, Bone Jack. Who would, who would you rather, Bone and or Free Jack? <laughs> you know, Bone Barry Kill or whatever.
1: <laughs> bone Jack, Free Jack, or Screw Jack. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
2: or the less popular Yellow Jack.
1: Bone Jack, Free Jack, or Say Jack. <laughs> Well, it, it,
0: it's, it's annoying because the outcome's always two different people and then Pat Sajak. <laughs> and he's always wasted. I would not trade uh, for Pat Sajak any of those times. I guess Emilio Estevez most definitely, I'll I think, him. has to be the yeah. answer. Yeah, he's, he's, he's better. I just can't suffer John Leguizamo in anything. Anything under the sun. Well, I don't <laughs> think there's been one thing where I'm like, you know, John Leguizamo was okay in that. I mean... Anything? No.
1: No, right? Well, we could talk really? about Emilio Estevez because he's the star of this movie and this movie, this movie we're doing in an episode. <laughs> That's probably a good idea. I, I mean, he... I think he's a... F- Charlie Sheen's the better actor. I mean, it goes... You got your Martin, you got your Charlie, you got Emilio, and then you got that weird twin that looks like... I don't even know. Wait, like what? The, Is Martin, there another Martin,
2: one? Martin Sheen's like Joe, brother.
1: Joe Estevez. Oh,
2: yes. From Soul Take. Yo, yeah. Yeah, I, all right. I'll take Joe Estevez. He's got... <laughs> He's got, he's got a list of credits I can get behind. <laughs> I mean, these movies are so crazy.
1: But, I mean, I, I just feel like he's, Emilio Estevez is fine. Like He's great in The Breakfast Club. Comedic stuff, he's a little bit better. He cannot play a hard ass at all. No, no and that's what, I mean, I think he's great. In comedies. Yeah, I think Loaded Weapon's a
0: really hilarious
1: movie. Yeah, he's funny in that.
0: Uh, He's pretty good in those Stakeout movies. Mm -hmm. Uh, I like him in those. The Mighty Ducks movies are fine. Who cares? But he's not an action star in any capacity. You know, at least not a tough action star. Action comedy? Sure, I'll get behind that. But yeah, it's just, you're, you're supposed to be like, all right, one, he's a race car driver, which I guess is okay. I can accept that part, but like, he's shooting
1: people and pointing Uzis in Mick Jagger's face,
0: and it's just not happening.
1: The, the weird thing about the Emilio Estevez non, uh, comedy roles is he's kind of like, he's always in a car, cause you got Repo Man. You've got this movie, and Mm -hmm. you've got that Maximum Overdrive.
2: Mm, And Men at Work is a garbage truck.
1: (laughs) He's kind of like a, uh, what do you call it, a little Happy Meal toy with a different little car every time, (laughs) which I would love that set, by the way. You got Emilio in a garbage truck, (laughs) Emilio in a
0: flying alien Cadillac or whatever. (laughs) Harry Dean Stanton's driving around in that movie. By the way, I'm excited for that to come on Criterion Blu-ray. That'd be
2: a great toy. It'd be just like this little Cadillac Hot Wheel that glows in the dark. Yeah, totally.
1: And now, this one is him and like Mick Jagger's in his dumb little tank, and he's got a little bobblehead. Mick Jagger kind of looks like a bobblehead anyway.
0: He does. You know, if you got that character in the Happy Meal, it would be like when you ask your mom to ask the McDonald's attendant for a different toy, and you're like,
1: just tell her I already
0: have this
1: one. It's, I mean, so the first real thing, like he get, you know, he's looking around. He goes to his old apartment, and like in every futuristic future gone wrong movie, a black family lives there. Which I is, don't get that. It always rubs me the wrong way. Cause wait, what the fuck are you doing in my house? And it's like, <laughs> well, they just live. It's the
2: future, man. They just moved in. It's well, fine. That's,
0: that's
1: the other thing. It's also, I mean, it's shitty because
2: the they, future's way too progressive for my taste. They
0: bring in all the whole, you know, like economic part of it, which is really shitty. But the yeah. other coin, the other side of that coin. is is like, look, it's been 18 years. What if Rene Russo's just banging a black guy now? Yeah. And Emilio Estevez is like, How
1: dare you open this door? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I don't understand it. It's like, it's always like, Oh my God, the future is not what I expected. Why? Like, because a black guy lives that in the house? That would be
2: great if, if Rene Russo was behind that door, too. And he and the, and the dude just like turns to <laughs> her and is like, Julie, you know this clown. <laughs> <laughs> it would be kind of a better movie. But no, of course, it's like it's some other
0: family. And of course, the guy's got a sawn off shotgun that he points in his face. Like, Get out of here, turkey. And you're like, oh, man. And the wife
1: is like, oh, I know where that woman lives. She moved out of here years ago. I don't know who the fuck lives in my apartment before they did.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> he's like, oh, I'm looking for Julie so and so. And she's like, oh, well, she hasn't
2: lived here for years. I'm like, what business is it what's, of yours? What's, what's great is the lady starts to put together and she's just like, Oh, my God, he's a free jack. No, that's impossible. I was with her here this morning.
0: Oh, my God. He's a free jack. A
2: what? We can't help you. can anybody help you? Get away, I'll call Central. Now, move. move. Now, all right.
0: The whole, the world of body jacking, or uh, bone jacking, rather, and being a free jack, question I have. Right So she's like, "Oh my God, he's a free Jack. You know, Henry closed the door, or whatever. Yeah. you know this this is what I want to ask. is like the whole thing of a free Jack getting away? Such a huge problem that society knows, like, oh my God! One, he must be a free jack, and two, I'm going to be reprimanded for harboring a free jack. I can't let him into my house. How many times
2: are other, you know, Emilio Estevez is breaking away from Mick Jagger's clutches? I think I just cracked this nut, and I believe that we, we were talking earlier about JFK possibly being the first free jack jack kennedy free jack they got jack kennedy blasted him into the future and era, I'm not going to go along with that. And then he was the first Free Jack, and that's why the term is so popular, because you had an ex-president running around the streets, blowing people to hell.
0: So Jack Kennedy was like that monkey at the end of Planet of the Apes who says, no, that rise of the Planet of the Apes. Jack Kennedy was like, era, no, yep. I will not be your uh, body double. <laughs>
1: yes that's like, what you say i want yes. to see that movie i'd like i'd <laughs> like to see that free jack
0: jack kennedy and a talking chimp just going around <laughs> trying to take down anthony hopkins and mick jagger
1: way better movie than i think this. it has as much as much to do with the sci-fi source material as this free jack does <laughs> <laughs> Whatever bullshit
2: novel this is written off of. But,
0: you know, some 1950s book that's kind of essentially just about time travel. I
2: think it's called Immortality, Inc.
0: Yeah, you know, and it's like time travel as a business, but that's pretty much where it stops. <laughs> so, yeah, so he goes to that apartment, gets shot out by those people and seeks refuge in a church where we meet uh what I think to be one of the most annoying character actors working today, Amanda Plummer,
1: playing an, a hard apple nun. I, I like Amanda Plummer. I think that she's... Got an off kilter sensibility. I, I, I think she's great in Pulp Fiction. I give her a, a, I give her a pass on everything. And so I married an ex murderer. Uh-huh. Steve's just like, you know what, guys? She's
0: always playing the same bipolar chick. It's great. <laughs> in
2: in this Congress of We Hate Movies, I I will abstain my vote on Amanda. Pondin. Oh wow!
0: <laughs> Sit down, sir. <laughs> Uh so you know he goes to this church and passes out and uh not even in the wretched year of 2009 can you find sanctuary anymore cuz she's like does she pull a gun on him right here? She does. Yeah.
2: She's she's a big old nun with a gun. Mother yeah, Superior totally. exposition
1: comes in and <laughs> is like, "Okay, you're a free jack. This is how it goes. You got to get your three tokens." I mean, I don't even know what the hell the the point is he just has to outlast Mick Jagger in
2: this movie. Well, that's
1: the thing. There's really no kind of goal. Like, he's trying
0: to find the person who bought his body. Right.
2: But there are some stakes here also for the antagonist that is Anthony Hopkins because he's in the spiritual switchboard. Oh, Jesus Christ. You know, (laughs) he uploads via the Jesus Christ uh, colon backslash computer. (laughs) And he's in this grid that's like some type of internet and he's only there for 36 hours they need to get a nice jack in that seat within that time
0: do you think uh so Mick Jagger comes into the uh where Anthony Hopkins consciousness is being held right and uh you know you can communicate with him like he communicates throughout this whole movie electronically it's kind of like ghost in the machine and, uh, you know, Mick Jagger walks in. He's like, Hey man, uh, totally lost Emilio Estevez. <laughs> like it's just, it's not going to happen. But guess what? I have this really cool Chinese guy that we just bone jack. You think Anthony Hopkins is having a problem with that? I, I hope he? not. Being the body of a Chinese man.
2: <laughs> I think he would have a problem with it. <laughs>
0: Oh, that's one vote you'll pass. Huh?
1: <laughs> Where is Anthony? I mean, this is right this is right before Silence of the Lambs. No, this is his first
0: theatrical film after playing Hannibal Lecter.
1: It must have been filmed before. You know what I mean? right? Before oh, we, well, he got nominated. Ah, I mean. Do you it's think possible. they freejacked
2: him into this movie? It's- <laughs> where am I? <laughs>
1: his, con- his contract
0: rejected. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know if this was a movie that was kind of shelved and then maybe released when he won the Oscar kind of a thing. Uh, but I mean, th- this is right there. Like when this movie came out, I mean, he had been Hannibal Lecter. He, already.
2: C- he could have done uh, Hannibal Lecter and then immediately booked this afterwards yeah, before it was had released. To, had yeah, Not it.
1: knowing what was going to happen. But, because, I mean, he also, I mean, there's no way in hell he didn't just film this role in a day. There's just, yeah, yeah, it's mostly him doing like like video talking into the a camera stuff. Phone? Yeah, Vid it's talking vid into phone. his vid phone. Yeah, please. So that's like he's doing those in one take because he's Anthony Hopkins and he's a professional. He's just like, change my tie, we'll do the next one. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. kind of thing. Uh
0: and and by the way, yeah, the whole thing with him is he owns this big corporation that has developed the bone jacking technology, among other things. it's one of those corporations, like I said, it's got a finger in a lot of pies. And uh Uh, He is Rene Russo's boss. Rene Russo, we come to find out, is this you know very high-powered businesswoman in 2009. She's really made something of herself. Honestly, probably wouldn't have gone that way if she stayed with that deadbeat race car driver.
1: Well, that's the weird thing about this movie is it also kind of thinks that that's a bad thing. Like, the fact that she works for this bullshit fucking corporation and she's she's not living in a fucking squat makes her a bitch. And it's like, I think that's fine.
2: Well, I mean, it's sort of like this socioeconomic complaint that this movie has against her is that she lives down at battery park in like this, this fancy skyscraper while only part of the city is in this normal zone. And the rest of it's like escape from New York. Yeah. What's kind of ironic about this 2009
0: New York city is that, if you look at that map, I think like the golden part of town is just everything below 14th Street, which isn't necessarily true. Some of those areas below 14th Street. Well,
2: you know, uh, the more, more and more rich people move to the city every day, and they just, that's what they do, man. That's so what this they is do.
0: 2009 was like when gentrification
1: really hit a peak. And they, I
2: kind of got free jacked out of New York. I live in New Jersey now. <laughs>
1: You got free jacked right out of this town. You know,
2: it's true. The rent is too damn high.
0: I Going to have to free jack that uh, joke back to
2: 2008. <laughs> you know, if anyone wants to swoop in here and, 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 and joke jack some of these, go for it. <laughs>
1: So, he meets up with his pal Buster Poindexter. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. like, he's like, oh, hey, it's you. Oh, my God. You totally got freejacked. Like, everybody, no one's shocked about the freejacking. Everyone's like, oh, look, it's a freejack. Like, yeah, totally. <laughs> Buster Poindexter
0: acts like he saw him yesterday. He's yeah. Like, oh, come on in, Emilio. And you're just like, really? Not any kind of like, hey, man, where you been? You're a living
2: ghost. Like, <laughs> no, Nothing. <laughs> That would be great if it's just like someone gets like, oh, man, you're a free Jack, blah, blah, blah. It's just like, turns out he was just a ghost. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he was a ghost the whole time. That would be a great twist ending. He actually died.
2: Yeah, and he's just been a ghost <laughs> the whole time. That's somehow tangible.
1: Yeah, that, that time in the gro- in the jewelry store when he breaks the mirror that his wife's looking at, that's <laughs> that's because he was a ghost.
2: Uh, Buster
0: Poindexter's got a bullshit thing where like he lives in a slum. But he's kind of like a low-level criminal, so... His he's got like a stack of boxes that's actually like a Murphy bed type situation like it's a fold down wall and he's like you know in this kind of society you just gotta keep all your worldly possessions out of harm's way and I'm like oh he's a secret rich man that's cool and this wall comes down and it's kind of just the same apartment <laughs> on the other side
1: it's got one of those like uh, blue liquid
2: like bouncing back and forth kind of things <laughs> See, behind the false walls where I keep my and dinners <laughs> There's a lot of cartons of like
0: cool cigarettes hanging around. And he
2: lives in uh this is for our New York listeners this will make sense. He lives in Park Slope, the neighborhood of Brooklyn, which has been just it dilapidated to the point where it looks like the set of Deadwood, but it has porno theaters. <laughs>
0: It is Deadwood with 3D porno theaters. Oh, yeah.
2: They're 3D nudes.
0: Jim J. Bullock would love that. That's not his name. What's his name in that movie? Uh, that show. Seth Bullock, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, there you go. Who's Jim J. Bullock? That's Are, the guy
2: that used to be on... Uh, he before... runs the Daily Bugle in, in New York City. And... <laughs> it's J. to Jameson. Oops.
1: Jim J. Bullock played Monroe on Too Close for Comfort.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. we will going to watch some Too Close for Comfort. Is that on Netflix? I don't think so. That's too bad. Ah, so back to this movie. You can see, by the way, I mean, this is a movie where we're just going a little tangent heavy. <laughs> because seriously, it's bone jacking, eight car chases, and then the end of the movie. That's really
1: all we're dealing and with. I, here. I, the, the, the one thing, the thread is, and it should be, it should be your, your Jean Valjean and your, uh, whatever the <laughs> fuck, fat Russell Crowe is in that movie. Oh, uh. Oh, Judge Dredd. <laughs> yes, jean <Jean-El-Jean laughs> and Judge Dredd. The classic Victor Hugo pairing. That uh, l- 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 Les Miserables. <laughs> les, les Miserables. <laughs> his, his his name is Javert. Javert, yeah. It, it should be that, right? Like, it's just these, he's chasing them up and down, and you know what I mean? Like, And they hate each other's fucking guts. And that should be kind of the core of the movie, that they're on opposite ends. Even right. though they could be friends, but they're not because they hate each other so much.
0: Yeah. You know, I would have loved, actually, if this movie ended with Mick Jagger throwing him into whatever fucking water cesspool that was. That is the suicide of the century. Oh, man. Muscle he just that fucking
1: movie. bites it on that thing thud
0: oh man take that javert oh spoilers <laughs> spoilers from a fucking
2: 20 year old musical that's the joke. And quite
1: possibly the, the best picture of the year by the time we're, this
2: releases yeah actually that's true possibly not um <laughs> so, so buster poindexter takes uh emilio to this park slope bar and uh You can really tell we're in a dystopian time period because the only signs on the walls, for the only beer ads on the walls are Schaefer and Schlitz.
0: Yeah, Schaefer and Schlitz, only
1: visible beer labels in a Park Slope bar. You know what? You could bone jack me 25 years in the future if that's the case. Keep bone jacking me until until micro brews come back. (laughs) Just a holdover? (laughs) Yeah, just... I
0: mean, you know, I like Schlitz and Schaefer as much as the next person needs an emergency backup can of beer in the back of the fridge. But, you know, if it's a society, where, how the fuck did Budweiser lose out to those people? I mean, this truly is a wretched society.
2: Franchise wars, man. We've seen them in Demolition, man.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Those fast food wars that Taco Bell somehow won. Yeah,
2: so it's just Taco Bell and Schlitz and Sch- Schlitz and Schaefer are the only ones left duking it out anymore.
0: So I guess then uh, the state of Wisconsin is the only place that's allowed to brew beer anymore. That's right.
2: (laughs) There's uh, an American purity law and uh, (laughs) they also manufacture helmets. It's like a little oasis in this this Midwestern death desert. So uh, in the shock
1: of the century, Buster Poindexter turns out not to be a reputable person. What are you talking about? With a voice like this, how can I possibly be crooked? (laughs) How can I be human garbage? Go sit out, Emilio. I'm just going to make a phone call. And he, of course, calls Mick (laughs) Jagger, the Bone Jacket Brigade. (laughs) 1-800-BONE-JACKER. The Bone Jacker tip line. (laughs) Let me handle this,
2: please.
1: I got to talk to her.
2: Listen, man. things can see you. They can hear you. Your voice goes out on one of these lines. You're done for. Now, trust me.
0: But he's like, he's saying to him, like, listen, I'm going to call Rene Russo. You can't use the phone because if your voice goes over these futuristic telephone lines, they'll catch you in a second. Yeah. And
1: the, he calls the he calls Mick Jagger, he calls the cops and whatever. And there's a big struggle. All the bone jackers show up and he's like, oh, you ratted me out. And like, you would figure either Emilio Estevez would kill Buster Poindexter or <laughs> Mick Jagger's crew. Yeah, that but, makes sense, right? But he was just kind of messing with this hobo's lunch, like trying to be a dick. I think I pulled out a and shot him in the chest fuck with my plate of beans will you <laughs> well he
2: spilled some of the, the gruel or slop on him or something <laughs> cool. and it just, just takes him out it just kills him just like, shoots him dead
0: well you know he's kind of a dick to him when they walk in though because yeah. he's kind of flirting with this waitress and then like he does pick food off this dude's plate so that hobo by 2009 law has every right to assassinate him yeah i mean they are in
1: deadwood brooklyn <laughs> So he's dead. And now we're just in another, this, a series of car chases mm-hmm. and that a, takes
2: up and a motorcycle chase
1: motorcycle car. It's a low speed motorcycle chase. Like
0: Emilio Estevez for the first three quarters of this chase is on foot out running motorcycles down alleys. That is the level of high
1: octane. We're reaching with this movie. And you know, he's, he, he commandeers a car and like, he's kind of talking to, Mick Jagger via a laptop and like (laughs) it's a stupid thing where he keeps closing the laptop and Mick Jagger keeps making it pop open from somewhere else like trying to get rid of me. eh? not going to happen today. And it's like, oh, my God, shut up.
0: (laughs) These like 1990s filmmakers was like, yeah, by the time 2009 rolls around, sure, laptops can pop open on command. What are you crazy? (laughs) (laughs) We're going to get tired of opening these computers with our hands. They
2: predicted uh, Skype.
0: So blah blah blah, big motorcycle chase. He makes his way into a car, and then it's a car versus tank race. Uh, and he finally gets to uh, uh, Rene Russo's apartment building and breaks in. He I got her
1: home address off a of Poindexter there, and it's just you know, it's like she thinks that he's whoever bone jacked him, and she's like, you know, don't don't just. Cut. So I guess that must happen. Is like you look at the sexual history of whoever you bone jacked. You're like. <laughs> Hey, maybe I can make this happen. And you just go visit. The, the, <laughs> also, a big part of a big problem with this movie is Rene Russo and Buster Poindexter need age makeup. But they don't have it because it's 20 years mm-hmm. in the future. How on earth was this skipped over? And it's not like we're complaining like they did a poor
0: job and we're being picky about it. Literally nothing has happened to these people in 18 years. You couldn't even Maybe. put fucking baby powder in Buster Poindexter's hair. No, no, there's no sign of like older hair, no like fake crow's feet or anything.
2: Maybe it's Maybelline.
0: <laughs> Do you think it's one of those things they, they didn't really like? Maybe it's a deleted scene where it's like, you know, uh, like Brazil. By the time 2009 rolls around, like, you know, like cosmetic surgery is just like through the roof. Great,
2: That's what it has to be. And I'm guessing that these old rich men probably live to like 200 before they need a good bone jar. Yeah. I mean,
1: who knows what's going to happen in 2009? I guess we could just all speculate. (laughs) Just (laughs) just sit around and speculate on the magical, wonderful year of 2009. It It was
0: just it was a (laughs) far-off dream to these people. Like They're sitting around making this
2: movie like, well, we're all going to be dead by then, right? So <laughs> yeah, who cares?
1: Exactly. <laughs> You'll be 41! Like, what? <laughs> what do you think?
2: Jeez, might as well be Bone Jacked.
1: <laughs> I just don't
0: understand she, it. Sure I'm will to get Bone Jacked before I'm 40. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so she starts freaking out and, you know, calls security on him and everything. And then
1: Jagger shows up again. And then, yeah, and then exactly, Jagger shows up again and we're just back in another chase scene. It's just yeah, it, it, I mean like that's the problem with this movie. It's just a soggy middle of uh, it's cat and mouse, but it's not the the action isn't really choreographed very well. There's not a lot of thought about what the future is, you know what I mean? It's just the really the only thing this movie's got going for it is like who, who really is behind it all? But obviously it has to be Anthony Hopkins. From scene one, you know that he's behind this entire bone jacking scandal. There's no reason to keep it a secret. The, the three, the three twists at the, at the last parts of this movie are one, Jonathan Banks is more evil than he set out to be. <laughs> Big fucking surprise. Mm-hmm. Anthony Hopkins is on top and Mick Jagger's kind of best pals with Emilio Estevez. Yeah, that one is probably the most surprising. But,
0: I mean, the Jonathan Banks thing, too, it's out of nowhere where he's like, by the way, Walter, if Anthony Hopkins doesn't get into Emilio's body, then I'm going to somehow be the head of this corporation. And you're like, oh, so oh, it's a power play? Well, whatever, because that's the other thing, right? This is how this this Mick Jagger-Emilio Estevez friendship blossoms because Jonathan Banks, being crooked like he is, hires mercenaries to go and, like, counter-strike Mick Jagger's squadron and wipe them all out. And Emilio Estevez, for no reason, saves Mick Jagger's life at the end of one of these car chase-slash-shootouts.
2: Which is really ridiculous. I mean, this guy's been hunting you from day one, and he drives around in a candy red apple tank. (laughs) And he, I mean... You should have just killed Jagger there. Kill Jackham. Like, <laughs> yeah, you Jack gotta him. kill
0: Jackham. Well, because cause what is that setting up? So, like, oh, he's our grand hero, so he's not gonna take a level? What is he, fucking Batman? Just kill this exactly. guy. Exactly.
2: They're, like, giving him, like, a, a higher sense of, like, moral being or whatever. And they're also playing up that stupid, like, Oh, well, we both respect each other so much, even though we're fighting each I, other. I hate for-
1: that. It, 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 like, what happens? What if at the end of No
2: Country for Old Man, Antron Sugar
1: just comes up to fucking Josh Brolin's, like, Hey, wanna go get a beer instead of fight each other? And like, <laughs> they just go and just hang out somewhere. Isn't that a better movie? No, of course not. They That's need so, to be so at odds. Movie. But
2: here's the thing is, at least with that is, uh, they, know, like, In No Country for Old Men, Woody Harrelson's character knows of uh, Harvey Bardem's character's, like, sordid history. So there can maybe be some type of, like... Well, I you're so good at what you do, type of thing. But this, they just Mick Jagger and Milo Estevez met the other day. Like, yeah. why? Why would you have a respect for each other? He's just
0: another free jack, man. Yeah, totally. He's just another and free jack. You presumably, because you are billed as like the best free jack bounty hunter in the whole world. You've
1: done this before. He's an Excel spreadsheet that you never, you forgot to click save on. <laughs> now he's running
2: around town. And you Pro- got to get him. Professional bone jacker and. <laughs> He calls towards the start of the movie when when Emilio in, initially gets away. He sa- he tells his his troopers to get the meat.
1: Yeah. yeah okay. Get a
0: mate. This <laughs> this movie takes place total tops over forty eight hours. It feels like fucking
1: forty eight <laughs> hours.
0: I'll tell you that much. <laughs> There's no way this dude's going from mate to best buds. We're winking at each other as you let him go at the end of this movie. Yeah, because by the way, he literally just lets him drive off
1: into the sunset with Rene Russo. It makes no goddamn sense, and it just guts this movie. I mean, like he's like, I mean, he's not a great character, and Mick Jagger's a pretty terrible actor. So like, there's not, (laughs) but like he, if there is a cool character in this movie, if you're trying to make
2: a cool character,
1: it's Mick Jagger, and the way you keep him cool is keep him as a villain. They definitely
2: wanted to make him a cool character. Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. What was his name again in this movie? Oh, that's right. Vicendac.
0: Vicendac. Yeah. It's me. Hello, it's me, Vicendac.
1: You bored yet? <laughs> and everybody is calling him Vicendac. Everybody knows who Vicendac is. is. a He's a citywide figure. That's
2: his name. He has a red tank. Yeah, he's supposed to be a cool guy. He's like uh, uh, Ray Kelly if he was a rock star, the chief of police <laughs> in New York.
1: I don't care if your name's Vicendak. I'm gonna call you Walter regardless. It's the Listen. only way I could access this impression. I refuse
0: to <laughs> I refuse to pronounce Polish last name, Walter. <laughs> you're you're Walter White. How about that,
1: Vicendak? You know what, Grandpa Wait, you just did it? <laughs> you know what, Grandpa, you call me Walter one more time. I am leaving today. Look, Walter, who's (laughs) going to provide
0: for your future? Your deadbeat mother that we don't really know too much about on this show. (laughs) I don't get that. What's with Mike the Cleaner's mother or daughter? Eh, She's just, you know, she's figuring it out. You think they had a falling out? Because he drops her off that one time. And he's like, say goodbye, Walter. (laughs) (laughs) It really is the only way I can sort of drop into
2: doing that voice is saying, Walter. (laughs)
1: I mean the the third act. Now we're in the, the third act of this movie. Right? I want
2: to quickly touch on something: is there's oh. not many of them in this movie of of the action star quip. Oh but yeah. But at one point, a bone-jacking stormtrooper falls upon Emilio's car, <laughs> and he does this maneuver to throw the guy from the car, and he says, "Mom told me to never pick up hitchhikers." <laughs>
1: Oh, classic move. And you could just tell because Emilio Estevez's voice is just a little too high to pull it off. It's like, this guy is not destined for action movie stardom. Well,
0: okay, let me ask you this, though. Everybody caught Emilio Estevez doing an Arnold Schwarzenegger impression in this movie, right? No. He totally quotes Terminator in this movie. He's yelling at Mick Jagger, and he's in his, like, you know, sort of high, crazy Emilio Estevez voice. And then he just goes, "Fuck you, asshole!" Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> he does.
2: He does the Terminator slash Commando line in this movie. And his last, his character's name is Alex Furlong. I kept thinking about Edward Furlong and Terminator through the whole thing.
0: Talk about wanting to watch another movie while fucking jacks up.
2: <laughs> Holy you shit! Know, another great thing that they set up in this movie is that uh, they actually give a, a price of how much Emilio Estevez is worth. This is. Exorbitant. He's the $10 million man.
0: <laughs> $10 million for this guy. That's how much Anthony Hopkins doesn't want to live in a Chinese man's body.
1: <laughs> I mean, wouldn't you want somebody that's 5'8? Like, literally, <laughs> if you're going to spend 10000000 bucks, million, I'm going to get LeBron James. No, that's no, no, a great no. no. F-
2: it's, it's perfect. I'll, I'll finally get into my crawl space. <laughs> <play it out. laughs> I'm like, I always wanted to be a. Next hundred years, I could be a little man, you know? <laughs> Just getting, getting into things. Well, okay. You own the
0: company that does bone jacking. So you're probably, if not getting it for free, maybe an employee discount. That's pretty sweet. But if you are paying it, it's not cheap, right? Like you're stealing someone from the past and putting your consciousness into their body. Pretty heavy price tag. Yeah. So on top of that, stupid Vascendak <laughs> lets this dude escape. Now you got to throw out another ten million dollars. Consider
1: way, the way Emilio Westervis gets away. It's like everyone he's like just goes under things
2: all the time. <laughs> Vascendak's got a big net. And he just goes whoop. <laughs> now, and this is also something that's stupid. Like, yeah, ten million dollars is a lot of money to idiot. You know, people like us, but to McCandless who pretty much owns the city slash america maybe that's not a lot of money why wouldn't you at least have a backup if you're like this is the day i gotta do my my bone jack get get a backup
1: oh you know i think part of it is and this is kind of in the movie and i'm not making this up entirely <laughs> is that he wants to be with renee russo and he knows mm. that she's got a thing oh. like so it's like kind of it's she's like got being, a thing
2: for that 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 dead dead guy guy. like it's
1: kind of like be you're the creepiest boss in history like (laughs) you can't even make it happen just because you're the rich old guy at work so you have to like steal some young man's body that she used to bang
2: that's great now the next any you know if the next girl you meet you like her you what you should do is just uh steal the body of her (laughs) ex-boyfriend and then put your mind (laughs) into it and I mean, if I you can, can get understand that back.
0: Anthony Hopkins' logic, but, like, seriously, he just walks in like, hello, Jewel, remember me from 18 years ago? And she's like, oh, that boyfriend I had? Like, you have to have details down yeah. pretty hardcore. This theory is a lot better than my theory, which was that Anthony Hopkins is a fan of long-deceased amateur funny car racers.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's been them all. <laughs> Just cycling through them. Number three, R.I.P. So,
0: uh, he jumps off, uh, Emilio Estevez, that is, jumps off the Manhattan Bridge at one point. in a, uh, A big detour that this movie takes for some reason. And I want to talk about it really quickly because it sets up a really stupid thing that never really gets paid off in this movie. So, he washes ashore. Which you know, jumping into that East River in two thousand nine, like even Mick Jagger's like, if he swallows any of that water, he's dead. And I'm like, yeah, that's right. That
2: yeah, they they got two thousand nine right there. Yeah, but I mean, or I mean, look how how bad that water would be in this post apocalyptic <laughs> New York, that's Mr. True.
1: McCandless, I'm calling it off. He's got herpes. He's got to have herpes. <laughs> You're gonna find some other racer that some other wacky racer that died. Maybe Snidely Whiplash. <laughs>
2: That would be the perfect body. But uh He's a little taller than Amelia West. Could you bone bonejack that dog to put Butley? <laughs> bonejack but Butley to put Jonathan Banks in him.
0: <laughs> woof woof,
2: Walter. So he watches ashore in Brooklyn
0: and uh He runs across character actor Frankie Faison, also his biggest movie since playing the orderly in Silence of the Lambs. Uh, And Frankie Faison is kind of this, uh, you know, prophetic homeless man who's eating grilled river rat because that's the future and it's either rich people or poor people eating dead rats. And he, he reveals that somehow, and again, this makes no sense, but somehow over the course of his short Adventure in 2009, Emilio Estevez has become a modern-day folk hero to the poor people of New York City. Why? What? Why?
2: 24-hour news cycle. (laughs)
1: They got to print something, I guess. I, I don't get it either. What is he inspiring? He's a white guy. Like you He know could, what I mean?
2: like, he he's could get a... away
0: from the, the mega money men. Right. But the whole thing is the reason why they're not bone jacking people in present day, as Buster Poindexter explains in his expository monologue, is because, again, in just a short 18 years, the ozone's been completely eradicated from the planet. Sure. So everyone's got a bunch of health problems. So he's like, it's pointless to... Bone Jack, a person who lives in the present day
2: because they're so fucking disgusting and riddled with diseases. That's bullshit, man. If I was Anthony Hopkins, I would get a bunch of babies (laughs) and raise them until like they're like, you know, like two or three. Well, you know, you have people to do that. Anthony
0: Hopkins baby farm.
2: Yeah. And then you put yourself into a baby you know, I mean, you, you still have your mind and everything. It's How good. annoying would that be,
0: though? If, you're, if your adult consciousness went into a baby <laughs> and you're just pissing and shitting yourself and you can't talk or you can talk and then you're a creepy talking uh, baby, yeah, ter- which nobody wants to deal with. Baby be, genius,
2: man. Sign me up. You'd be fucking
0: butchered. They would be like, holy <laughs> no, shit. Th- this is a mistake from God and no, kill you. <laughs> what? <laughs> this is a mistake. A talking baby who sounds like Anthony Hopkins but no. he's still shitting his pants? It's a mistake. I, think, by I don't think nature. that's God,
2: I think that's Satan. <laughs> but I would totally do it. That'd be great because then, I mean, think of how powerful you will be once you come into your own again. Eric
0: Siska's baby farm, <laughs> I guess. Baby Jack. <laughs>
2: is, it, does, is that creepier to Jack Babies? I mean. Yes, uh,
0: it's it, creepier to Jack At
2: least, <laughs> At least they haven't had a life yet, you know? It's not like I'm taking anything that they, they've
1: experienced. Apropos of nothing, which is. The subtitle of this episode <laughs> is I was looking at a uh, catalog from the 92nd Street Y the other day. And uh-huh. one of the classes or courses they offer is baby massage. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been sitting on this for a while because I find it really disturbing and weird. It's just like, you know, come with your baby. Dude, and oh, how- I
2: gotta bring my own baby. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I, you, like gonna, you-, you gonna provide the babies for this baby <laughs> massage or what?
2: <laughs> it's just Like, what the fuck's a baby got to be tense for? Unless they're Anthony Hopkins. Yes! You know what? (laughs) Sign me up. Put me in a baby. Give me a massage. Thank
0: you, 92nd Street Y, for offering this course. My baby's constantly tearing muscles on the (laughs) uneven bars. What the fuck do you need to (laughs) massage a baby for? Well, Uh, they're in taxis and everybody's a little (laughs) tense. Well, maybe it's a thing if, like, your baby has some sort of health problems. Then, like, maybe it's justified. But you know what? Just don't call it. Baby massage, okay, everybody. You can check that out. That's a real thing, and it's gross <laughs> and it's weird. Steve Sadek's baby massage, real. Eric Sadek, uh, Eric Siska's baby farm, uh, not just yet. Yeah, Maybe yeah. in two thousand nine, you can have a baby. <laughs> exactly, that
2: magical I'm, I'm, year. I'm holding out for that other dimensional two thousand nine. <laughs> so he's a folk hero,
1: and it comes to nothing because no one ever brings it up ever again. And, I mean, like, it's not even like anyone gives a shit aside from Mick Jagger. So, like, yeah, he saves Mick Jagger, and now Mick Jagger's kind of on his side but still kind of going after him because he's, like, he's a guy, like, you know nothing else about Mick Jagger, so he's defined by his job. So yeah. if he has that, that he's nothing. He's just a shark. He has to continue hunting or he'll die.
2: Yeah. And one place where they track him down is at 42nd and 8th Avenue, which is this, this like, club called Industrial Revolution, and it's basically, you know, it's a little weird. It's a little—it's a
0: weird club. Well, this is what's kind of stupid. It's your
1: standard future bar.
0: It's a—it's a, f- a future future bar, bar yeah. slash gay club. If uh, you know, your society is so terrible now, right? With like, there's no ozone, and everybody's got health problems. Why would you name your club like after an era where there was nothing but fucking black lung and child labor death? Because we can
2: relate to it, and we like putting gears on the walls. <laughs> Because we have fun here. It's like fucking Fridays. And yeah, of course, it's like, again, it's 18 years in the future.
1: And of course, we're drinking fucking Romulan ale because it's so out of control. It's totally Romulan ale. It's It's blue and it fucks you up real good. It doesn't make any sense. Like, it's there's no way time changes that quickly, everybody.
2: Maybe by 2009, we would have made first contact with the Romulan Empire.
1: Oh, that's true. Maybe you know what? Maybe first contact split our dimension in two. We're just in this bullshit mm-hmm. 2013, which is boring.
2: I know. And then <laughs> you they're... got the Romulan 2009, and you got the um, the Borg one.
0: So we're in the Borg one where we're not lucky enough
1: to have baby farms. That's
2: what you're <laughs>
0: saying.
1: <laughs> yep. We got the baby massage. I sure. did the stick.
0: There is a <laughs> God damn you, 90 seconds Street. Why? What is that? There is a great sex scene in this movie between, of course, Emilio Estevez and Rene Russo, where he finally convinces her that he's not Anthony Hopkins or whoever she thinks he is. And there's a great line where, like, he tries to make a move, and she's sort of not having it, and she just goes, I watched you die. And then he, without saying anything, grabs her face, and they just get it on. And totally awesome sexy saxophone is playing what's the matter
2: I watched you die There's actually a sexy saxophone in this movie that you think that's like, oh, yeah, they're just laying that on there. That's great. And then I saw a hobo with a saxophone. (laughs) (laughs) You got hobos in the bedroom? (laughs) Maybe,
1: yeah. Well, that's that's like the ultimate thing for the rich, right, is that you can subjugate a homeless person so much that they have to play the saxophone while you have sex with somebody.
2: (laughs) My name's Joe. I live in the closet. I play the sax. (laughs) Emilio gives an interview on television at that club I was talking about. Then they can find him again because all the you know the ding dongs go off in the in the <laughs> Bone Jacker lab, and they're like, "Oh, we traced him. He he's at this club because his ringer went off." And and then they go down, you know, they they go to chase him again. So we get more chasing him again. What I love about what
0: those exchanges were at the Bone Jacker headquarters was like, <laughs> "Hey, I found him, boss." Oh, really? What piece of sophisticated technology did you use to track him down? Oh, nothing. He's doing a television interview right now. And he's all drunk because he's like pissed on this Romulan ale. And he's just like, my name's Emilio Estevez. And I'm a race car driver. And I'm also a free jack. Whoopty fuck. (laughs) I'm sitting there like, all right, like I know you're drunk,
2: but really? You're giving away every detail of who you are. Uh, Yeah, I mean, you're. your character name is supposed to be Alex Furlong. <laughs> I, mean, I
1: couldn't
0: think of what it was.
1: And I mean, like, Mick Jagger's like, oh, good, because I was standing here doing nothing. Because he's just, every time <laughs> he's not thrown, that he loves Fur- a good stand. <laughs> Furlong has not thrown to him, he's just got no move. He's not some like fucking brilliant detective. And now we wait. <laughs> like Isai
0: Morales is like, "Hey boss, I tracked him down." And Mick Jagger is literally playing video <laughs> games over in the corner. He's like, "That's Pong 2009's great."
1: <laughs> oh, what? You found him? I have to go back to work. All right. Fine. It's weird in this in this 2009 that video game technology stalled to a crawl. <laughs> He is playing a really shitty video game. Sure uh, oh,
0: also, by the way, great scene where we we finally discover that Jonathan Banks is more crooked than we'd realize is he somehow is able to bring in, uh, uh Amanda, Plummer. Amanda Plummer's nun character again. And it's a lot of like, now Walter, tell me where the free jack is. And she just kicks him in the balls. Classic ball kick.
2: Man, it is a big old nut kick. They focus on this for a while. It's like, 10, 15 seconds of him just heaving about his nuts. And he does the classic
1: Jerry Lewis eye cross gag. It's like one of the surf ninjas kicked
0: him in the balls. <laughs>
2: and there is a huge tone problem with this movie because it's like it's trying to be gritty and in and, and this like cool sci fi thing, but it goes for like. Such dumb gags and like Arnold impressions. And yeah,
0: I don't get why we need so much goddamn comedy in this movie. I and mean, it's well, bad attempts at comedy. Yeah, yeah it's not
2: good comedy because Emilio can't handle. We we've we've have, we've have evidence he can handle a comedy.
0: So third act of this movie, they get to the top of the fucking tower, uh, which is it's kind of awkward because. It's located where the World Trade Center was, and this building kind of looks like the Freedom Tower. It's actually next. Is it right next door?
2: Yes, because the Twin Towers are standing in 2009. I don't know if you guys knew that, but they're still up. Then there's the giant like Freedom Tower thing. It's next like McCandless
0: to it. Corporation Tower, you know, but it yeah. looks exactly like the Freedom Tower. You yeah, think it looks those, a little uh, fatter? A little you think fatter. Those, uh, those 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 mafia connected architects that designed the Freedom Tower watched this movie and they were like, "Yeah, that'll do. I will do a free jack. <laughs> <laughs> gonna free jack the Freedom Tower. You're gonna
2: build and jack that building from <laughs> the fake year two thousand nine. <laughs> building jack that building." And then you know, then they they zap that building from that fake world into the real world. Sort of like how King Koopa did it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they say, it, it took a pit stop in the King
1: Koopa dimension, and then took a left yeah. <laughs> into our world. That I mean, happen. It's just the, it's your standard, I guess standard, it's we're all in the tower together and, like, everyone's going to sit you down and tell you what the movie's been about this whole time. So, like, Jonathan Banks is like, all right, Walter, sit down, I got a really long story to tell you, which you clearly could not give a shit about, <laughs> but I used to be a cop, so listen to me. And just He just goes on and on about, like, you know, now I'm going to, you know, once he's dead, then I could take over the corporation and God knows what.
0: And, uh, you know, this guy was beating up
1: on his <laughs> girlfriend, and I had to keep going over there. And she didn't want to press charges,
2: Walter.
1: And he gets out, and he sings Danny Boy, and it just rubbed me raw. <laughs> all
2: right, everyone press pause and go watch Breaking Bad, the entire series, <laughs> and then get, come back. Get that fix and come back.
0: Uh, yeah, so he's like, all right, you know, here's my whole plan To a degree. He doesn't let in on this whole head of the corporation thing, but he's like, oh, you're aiding this free Jack Rene Russo. Well, guess what? You're fired. Anthony Hopkins wants to talk to you. And then they go into what is a total ripoff of the X-Men danger room. Like they walk in and it's just this big, like nothing room. And then all of a sudden, it becomes a whole hologram thing. And Anthony Hopkins comes in and he's like, By the way, I've been dead the whole time. <laughs> and
2: in this hologram world, like the way the world w- looks is weird. There's like clouds are going real quick. And they're like in a weird desert. To me, I thought it was Saturn from the Beetlejuice movie. <laughs> and I thought a sandworm was about to get them
0: you imagine if that's how Mick Jagger's character was killed off? He's just eaten by a digital sandworm. <laughs> uh, this movie could use a Beetlejuice. Uh, and it would fit it it right in. could use a couple of
1: Beetlejuices. <laughs> it needs an anarchic character that's going to stir up some trouble that's not fucking uh, Emilio Estevez. Yeah, you know, an interesting
0: character I wouldn't mind watching. <laughs> It needs both Michael Keaton and the Howard Stern sidekick Beetlejuice. <laughs> All of them both of Beetlejuices need to be in this movie to save it.
1: Did uh did that other Beetlejuice die?
0: No, that was uh that's a shitty Beetlejuice impression. Uh no, that was Hank the Angry Drunken oh, Dwarf died. passed away. Okay. Beetlejuice is gonna come up from time to time on low, like
1: D level direct to DVD horror movies. <laughs> yeah, you'll get that. <laughs> Uh, so, I mean, and now Anthony Hopkins has got a yard to talk to you about, about oh all of the things he's done in his life. So many snake oil salesmen in this movie. So many goddamn life stories that <laughs> I still need. The end of this movie is like that movie Waking Life. Everyone's just like fucking blurry and just jawing on
2: about shit I couldn't care less about. <laughs> And it's like, wait, what is this? A, is this a dream? Am I in the future? The past? Or I don't. Am I being jacked? Yeah. You know, when I sit down
0: to watch my sci fi action thriller, I want a bunch of philosophical musings about the end of your life. Thanks a lot. Anthony Hopkins.
1: I'm sorry, Joe. Sorry to deceive you. Mr. Furlong, please believe me. I never meant you any harm either. We took you out of fraction of a second before your death. The process, however, did not shorten your natural life. What about trying to shorten my unnatural life? And I always fancied shorter men. I always, <laughs> I like I, I Napoleon. I like <laughs> Muggsy Bogues, my favorite basketball star. <laughs>
0: Why would you want a guy so short? I don't get it. Unless the theory about him wanting Rene Russo works out. So he gives this whole long spiel. and And then he's like, all right, you know, I'm sorry, man. I can see that you guys are really meant for each other. Just punch in this code on this keypad and you'll delete me. Now... Amelia Westvis totally falls for this and it's really disappointing because as the star of this action movie you should know by now not to trust anyone that's associated with this corporation. You can't trust the hired hand bounty hunter in in Mick Jagger. You certainly can't trust Jonathan Banks as his like, you know, number 2 guy and whatever. Why, then, would you immediately trust the top of this corporation? Well,
2: because I guess what else are you going to do at this point? You're at the
0: final level in the video game.
1: There's literally nowhere else for this movie to go. You can't
2: beat up a hologram.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And, I mean, like this should be a race. Like, he's a race car driver. Like, maybe it's like... If you can outrace me, then you win, Free Jack. Like some- <laughs> right, something. Right just turn the
2: f- bullshit hologram. Land. Holy Put-
1: shit. He makes him have a Tron legacy race yeah. Yeah, on those
0: awesome neon motorcycles. Mm-hmm. Oh shit. And Daft Punk starts playing? <laughs> yes.
2: You see, Alex, I'll be trapped in the grid unless I get into your body <laughs> by midnight. <laughs>
0: Ah, so he's a big liar, and then Jonathan Banks comes in, and he's like, "Now, Walter, I told you that you gotta get in his body. This is getting a bit ridiculous."
1: And it's like literally a like Daffy Duck cartoon where like they each have their hand on one like pod, and like there's a dumb fake science electricity going. So much th- force lightning is uh, happening.
2: There's some they they fall into an ocean of JPEGs. <laughs>
0: I mean, this is. I mean, this movie's '92, and I believe ish Lawnmower Man's around the same time. Yeah. yeah, Lawnmower Man looks like it was made in 2009 compared to the <laughs> graphics. And it, it's a series of shitty quality JPEGs of like like shots from the movie. Like, I guess it's memories of Emilio Estevez. Oh, and, and
1: listen to uh, Emilio Estevez's great action movie, Scream.
0: Stick to family-oriented hockey comedies. <laughs> so after all this, you, you see his body like float into like a black nothing, and oh, you're no, like
1: uh, Rene Russo in the middle of it takes a gun and blows like there's a, a, a force Correct. crystal in the middle of it. <laughs> she, a force she, crystal. She, she blows Jorel away <laughs> and. <laughs>
0: This whole machine goes up. Anthony Hopkins is deleted from the Matrix. Well,
2: but the thing is, enough time has passed that there have been bone jacking transfers done in that matter of time. Right. So there's this whole thing that everyone in the room is like, who is he? Is he is he McCandless? Is he that dumb race car driver? <laughs> What's going on? And uh, this is where Emilio Estevez has a time to shine as portray- we, we were treated to him. Playing Anthony Hopkins, trying to do Anthony Hopkins, like, dialogue as this evil character. Right, but he's
0: playing it as, like, I, Emilio Estevez, the actor, am not trying to do an Anthony Hopkins impersonation so much as I, Emilio Estevez, the actor, am doing, like, a, this is what a rich and powerful person (laughs) sounds like. Say there, Rene Russo, get in the car. Hey, you, Mick Jagger, bring the car around first. Like, it's just, it's so unconvincing that if I am Mike the Cleaner or fucking Mick Jagger, I'm instantly like, well, this transfer didn't work and you're still that dumb race car driver.
1: And, you know, like, Mike the Cleaner is all, all Jonathan Banks is like, oh, I finally won, Walter. Now I'm the king of the company. And then, like, (laughs) Mick Jagger's like, I don't think so. I think that's McCandless. And they go through this whole thing and he's like, What's your personal access code? And it's like, are you kidding me? Numbers? Yeah, okay.
0: It's The movie's over. Let's just sit around while Emilio Estevez recites a couple
1: of numbers <laughs> for
0: everybody.
1: And it's just like he starts saying numbers and like, Mick is like, yes, that's correct. Sorry, Mike the Cleaner. And he blows him away. And it's like, oh, my God. It's Anthony Hopkins now, I, I guess. But because we've seen all the
0: rest of the movie Free Jack. Yeah we know that it's obviously just going to be Emilio Estevez. Like at the end of the day, if he's like actually Anthony Hopkins in there and the transfer worked, like that's kind of a redeeming, like, you know, a negative side to the story you're ending on. Like, okay, your movie's got a little bit of stone attached to it. But in this case, you just got a rolling stone who's fucking talking (laughs) to Emilio Estevez and pretending like he doesn't know what's going on. And, Everyone in this movie is fooled but the audience, you know what I mean? Yeah. And he goes to drive away and this this is the end of the movie. He tells Rene Russo to get in this car and they're gonna drive out of the you know, this Battery Park
1: City compound. And then and- Sugar comes up to, to Josh Froland <laughs> and is like, My birthday party's next week. Would you like to come? <laughs>
0: You know, Zool and all the Ghostbusters go out for coffee. (laughs) They just decided to call it a draw, you know. (laughs) I think Katz's is still open, Zool. You want to go grab a bite? So they get to this fucking driveway, and Mick Jagger's like, you know, hey, just so you know, you blew it when you decided to drive yourself because apparently Anthony Hopkins is incapable of driving a car. Even though,
2: yeah, I'm going to live hundreds of years or whatever the fuck and I'm never going to learn to drive Okay.
0: and he's like alright I just thought you should know that's where you slipped up and he like points and
1: he's like God's out of the way and then Serpico and the rest of the New York cops form a fucking fantasy football league because that's the kind of movie we're making now why not that's the end of it
2: yeah and uh, those numbers he recited Mick Jagger lied about them And uh, because he just spouted nonsense, I guess. There is no
0: reason for Emilio Estevez to save his life earlier in the movie. And even if he does, well, fucking foolish you, Emilio Estevez, because this is supposed to be a true villain. He should be like, oh, you thought we were friends just because you saved my life. Well, guess what? Blammo. Shoots
2: him in the head right in the car. (laughs) But what would I mean? The thing is, like, you're transferring Anthony Hopkins mind into Emilio Estevez's. Is it that far-fetched that maybe some would stay behind? Like, oh, he would know the number maybe? Like, I don't know. Oh, you're saying like some of Anthony Hopkins like trickled off? Yeah. Like, why not, right? That would have been fine too. Like, oh, yeah, I got
1: half of his memory or whatever. That's
0: what I thought kind of happens right away because when Emilio is like getting up off the ground – he says like you know like you know, hold on a second or something like that and it sounded kind of like they dubbed over Anthony Hopkins and I was like oh no is Emilio Estevez just gonna have like Anthony Hopkins ADR for the rest of the movie
2: <laughs> ew like that Superman four with uh, oh yeah with that Atomic Man as when Gene Hackman nu- yeah, Nuclear or something Man
1: sounds like Gene Hackman <laughs> I saw a League of Their Own the other day <laughs> doing a <laughs> little research that didn't turn out so well and at the end this old lady's got gina davis's voice it's like the worst version of that and it's just it's just like everyone else like hello and she's like hi everybody i'm (laughs) gina davis like get the fuck out of here uh and
0: so the last line that emilia Estevez has in this movie well first to like gina or gina davis jeez uh (laughs) Rene Russo is like, oh, my God, you are Emilio Estevez. And he brings up the whole, like, nibble my ear thing again. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, clever dog. And then he just goes, buckle up. Let's see what this baby will do.
2: <laughs> and that's the last line of the movie. Rene Russo is then like, okay, a lot has happened since you died. Um, <laughs> first off, never say that again. And <laughs> <laughs> Buckle hey, up. buckle huh? up, Rene Russo. Where we're going, we don't need Rose. <laughs>
0: This is pretty great. The DP of this movie, Amir Makri, uh, he's this this Iranian uh, cinematographer who's was asked to be taken off this movie. Which good for this guy. But I just wanted to list off the credentials for this fella because it's pretty intense. He's got under his belt uh, since <laughs> since shooting this movie, or some some of them are before. Blue Steel with Jamie Lee Curtis, Pacific Heights with uh, uh, Michael Keaton, Whore Ken Russell's Whore, wow, yeah. he shot that. Uh, then Free Jack. Then this is it. Starts going up from here. The Joy Luck Club, Coyote Ugly, Don't Say a Word, The Salton Sea, Bad Boys Two, Taking Lives, Lord of War with Nicolas Cage, National Treasure: Book of Secrets with Nicolas Cage, Vantage Point, Fast and Furious, Transformers: Dark of the Moon. Season of the Witch with Nicolas Cage and Man of Steel. So well, he's got
1: like a 2.3 average, I well, guess, out yeah,
2: sp- of five stars. <laughs> now, you see, Hollywood is the ladder, You know, you got you to <laughs> start at the bottom and, you know, you, you start with your whore, <laughs> you go up a, to a free jack, <laughs> and then eventually you can maybe get to a Man of Steel.
0: And speaking of hilarious credits, director Jeff Murphy of this film did Under Siege 2, Dark Territory, and Young Guns 2. Ooh, that wow. is Emilio. All right. <laughs> Working again with Emilio. Hey, Emilio. Ah, and that's Free Jack. I mean, Jesus, Lord, what a nothing movie disguised as a sci-fi actioneer. Like, you watch this trailer, you're like... Okay. Yeah. Freejack. I'll sit down and watch this. Get ready for
1: really boring car chases. Yeah. It's kind of my, I mean, I'm, I wouldn't recommend this movie. I think that's yeah. That's where, where I was going. going. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, and it's a shame because it's kind of my sweet spot. Like, this is a, mm-hmm. a thing, uh, aside from people who have to wear capes, is like a thing, <laughs> the kind of movie that I like to watch is like, you know, futuristic dystopia blah 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 overly complicated you know the, these kinds of you know your virtuosities i'll watch Oof,
0: yeah that's a real stinker that's but, a stay tuned
2: but yeah it, it's there's nothing here i actually would recommend it lightly just because i'm a real sucker for stupid stuff because i'm stupid about of <laughs> uh, like 2009 happened and Free Jack didn't. So I, I like watching it just to giggle at it. Like, oh, like it's, it's, it's adorable that they thought there'd be lasers. And, and oh, that's I, cute. I, I think there's a certain degree of seeing is believing with this title, but you know, if you got something else better to do, you know, put your shoes on, and go outside.
0: I mean, I don't think I would recommend it in any kind of strong capacity. I would say, if you want to see Mick Jagger be really terrible at acting, because it hasn't really happened that much. Like, he did a couple of things way before this movie was made, and not really much since, but he's just, I mean the rolling stones are awesome but he's not an actor like it's just really awkward to watch him in this movie playing a villain like it just it doesn't work out like sometimes you get uh, you know an entertainer and it works out okay like i think bowie's a pretty competent actor yeah, yeah. just talking about like some uh, some you know like colleagues and whatnot uh but yeah just yeah
1: i don't know this yeah this movie's totally not worth it I, it's just so weird why he would even do this movie like You'd probably do okay in a movie where he had to play himself. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Like a wacky, like uh, you know uh you know he has to play a heightened reality of himself as a cameo. I could get behind that. Yeah, some sort of charming Christmas set English
0: romantic comedy. Mm-hmm.
2: Wherein he has to go back to high school. <laughs>